going outside. Our Mishnah had two shitas that you could use a mechitza tzluya by a sukkah, which is a hanging mechitza where the mechitza itself does not come within three talking on the ground. Uh, the Tanakhama says that you cannot use a hanging mechitza. Rabbi Yossi says you can use a hanging mechitza. Then we brought a machlokas in Erevin about a wall that goes over a pit. Does the wall that goes over the pit good enough for the pit itself to divide it in half, or do you actually have to add a board that's ten tefachim tall that goes down into the pit? Uh, the first opinion in the mission over there says that you have to add a board that goes down. But Rabbi Yehud in that mission over there says you do not have to add a board that goes down because it's a mechitza tilia. The wall that goes over the pit can also work to shoot straight down to go into the pit as well. The Gemara that makes an assumption is Rabbi Babarachana says in Rabbi Yochanan that it seems to be Rabbi Huda and Rabbi Yossi have the same shita, the Rabbi Yossi by sukkah that allows the hanging mechitza to shoot down to the floor is like Rabbi Huda who says the hanging mechitza can shoot down into the pit and divide it in half for the halakha To which the Gemara says back, Lohi, that cannot be assumed because maybe Rabbi Huda only said what he said by Erevin, but would not say it by Sukkah. And maybe Rabbi Yossi only said what he said by Sukkah, and would not say it by Erevin. And the way we stacked it up was, is that Rabbi Yossi maybe only said it by Sukkah, because um, Sukkah is an assay, and the severity of transgressing an assay is not as great, as opposed to Erevin, which is in the realm of Hilchah Shabbos. So even on this particular case, would not be a skila, but there is skila that is associated with Hilchah Shabbos, therefore he doesn't touch Hilchah Shabbos when it comes to hanging mechitzas. And the other way around, maybe Rabbi Huda only said what he said when he came to Erevin, because in this particular case, it's only Derabanan at worst, and therefore practically, he'd be willing to say mechitza tulia by Derabanan, as opposed to Hilchah Sukkah, which is Dine de Araisa. Okay. Yes. You mentioned a little bit of Friday, but I didn't catch it. Good Afi, how, how does that come into play? Like, they, they don't hold that good Afi? That, that's, yeah, it's, it's, basically, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah that's basically what they're saying, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, that's what we say by Hilfus Erevin as well. We're mocking by Hilfus Erevin that the Erev has the, the lechi or whatever it is to touch the ground. And we mentioned at the beginning of the year yesterday, I don't know if everyone was here or they heard it, but uh, in the year on Sunday night that they gave on Erevin by Rabbi Glenn and Rabbi Francis, they actually showed us several pictures of, uh, you know, Erevin that were disqualified completely because the lechi, which is the beam that's supposed to uh, be the doorpost of the Tzorot Pesach, was not within three tzvachim of the ground. One case that they had is that it was within three tzvachim of the ground, but that was over the winter when the ground was swelled with water, and over the summer it dried out, and it was actually a clear 11, 12 inches they had it on the tape measure. And another case that they had were several poles that they were putting a new wiring underneath the ground, and they dug out a massive hole right around the pole, and again, it was, it was three or four feet, you know, above the ground. These are types of things that Arab checkers have to be aware of because we are machmer and don't want to use a mechitza tuluya when it comes by uh, when it comes to Erevin. Okay, so says the Gemara Vaisha Radaf Tazayin of Beis. We're up to okay, fine. Now Vim Timer. We're up to the word Vim Timer. Eleven, twelve lines down. First two words on the line are Vim Timer. Vim Timer. Maisa Shenaase B'Tzipari. That story that happened in the city of Tzipari, we don't know the details of that story yet, Alpimi Nase, according to whom was it done? Lo Alpi Rabbi Yossi, it could not have been done according to Rabbi Yossi. Now, Rashi says it cannot be done according to Rabbi Yossi, interesting, Shekvar Nifta. We know that Rabbi Yossi was the Rosh Hashiva in Tzipari, based on other places in Shas. So the problem is, is that this story, it was clearly after Rabbi Yossi was already Nifta, um, historically, and therefore it couldn't have been according to him. So the Gemara says, Ella Alpi Rabbi Yishmon Rabbi Yossi. So it must have been done based on his son who must have inherited the Yeshiva in Tzipari. He had a son, um, Rabbi Yishmon. Rabbi Yishmon, the son of Rabbi Yossi, is the one who passed it. 
So all we know is there's a story that happened in Sipari. The Gemara says it couldn't have been Rabiosi because he's already dead. And therefore, it must have been his son, Rishmal, the son of Rabiosi, they gave the Psak in that particular case. Now the Gemara asks, Umay Maisa, what, what was that story that happened that we're talking about? The Chiasa of Dimi, when Rav Dimi came, Amar, Pam Achas, Shachachu, Velohi, Viu, Sefer Taira, Me Erev Shabbos. One time they forgot and did not bring a Sefer Torah on Erev Shabbos. So Rashi explains the story here is that it was very common that they did not store their Sefer Torah in Shul, uh, just out of concern of bandits and robbers and anti-Semitism and other things like that. I'm sure you remember when they had the uh, rioting at Best Buy, a lot of Shuls in the neighborhood took their Sefer Torah out and brought them to private homes. So you know, it was very common that back in the times of Chazal, they would actually not leave their Sefer Torah all week or overnight in the Shuls, and they would bring it back to the private home. The problem is the Pamachas, let's go back to the beginning of the story, Shachachu, they forgot, below Hevi'u, Sefer Torah, Mayor of Shabbos. They did not bring the Sefer Torah back to Shul before Shabbos, and we're dealing with, the Rashi gives several possibilities. Either we're dealing with the Chatzar that didn't have an Erev in it, we're dealing with the Mavwe, they didn't do Shutufi Muvos on it, there's different options what it was, but bottom line is the Sefer Torah is a building A, Shul is building B, and there's no Heter to do Hotzah from A to B, and they were trying to figure out what to do. Lemachar, the next day, meaning they realized, I guess, Friday night, so now it's Shabbos morning, they want to have a Sefer Torah. Pirsu Sadinim al Gabi Hamudim, they went ahead and hung uh, sheets on top of different poles that already existed in that Chatzar. They view Sefer Torah, and they made basically a Mechitza that created almost a tunnel from house A to house B. In a second, we'll stop and look at the pictures in the Ozohadar, they have pictures for this. And they went ahead and hung those sheets over the poles that were in the Chatzar to make a direct link between the two houses. The Karubo, and they read from the Sefer Torah. Now let's read just a little bit more. You really think to say they literally hung new sheets in the courtyard? How did they get them there? Like, miraculously, not only were there poles and there's just a rabbin, but next to every single pole there was already a sheet. We already established you couldn't carry. So you can't carry the Sefer Torah, you can't carry the sheets either. So this is an interesting story over here that there's a miraculous story that the Sefer Torah couldn't be brought, but they had sheets next to every pole. So that says, So rather, what happened was, is that they were lucky. They actually found, not that there were sheets on the floor next to the poles, but when they walked out that morning, they realized, wow, there actually is a direct path from house A that has a Sefer Torah to house B that is the, the Shul, because they found sheets that are already hanging on top of the poles. And they brought a Sefer Torah, and they read from that Sefer Torah. So I'm going to read this all again inside, but the point of the story, just in terms of drawing out the main point of the story, is that um, what, what's happening over here is that they use the Mechitza Tulia. Um, that's the assumption of the case over here. The assumption of the case was is they have sheets hanging over these poles and almost like, uh, almost similar to, uh, you know, our pipe and drape that we have over there, but imagine it doesn't reach the ground. You know, imagine it doesn't reach the ground or we kind of strung on string in the tent outside over uh, Yemen Arayim. We had some of these uh, black um, mechitza pieces, you know, the drape part of the drapes hanging down. But they went down to the floor. That was fine. A little bit of a different discussion that you have to make it taut that it doesn't wave too much, but let's assume that's taken care of. It's just purely a problem that it's hanging and it doesn't touch the ground. So um, over here, we have a case where they wanted to carry the Sefer Torah from house A to the shul. They happened to find these sheets that were hanging that were like a tunnel from the house to the shul, but there was a mechitza tulia, it was a hanging mechitza, and we see that it was okay. It could not have been 
um, Rabbi Yossi, because I guess somehow they knew historically the story happened after he died, and therefore the Gemara says, well, it wasn't Rabbi Yossi himself, but it was his son who followed his shita that says, Mechitza Tzli is okay, and therefore that's what they did to carry the Sefer Torah to Shul, and they read from it, which is an interesting emphasis that they had to say they read from it. I guess they're saying they, they did it, you know? They followed through and did it. But, so it doesn't work if the poles are stuck into the ground. The sheets have to reach all the way to the ground? The poles are not enough because then you have the gaps in between. I mean, yeah, the poles themselves are on the ground, but it has to be the sheets themselves are doing it. You get, it's a different discussion if you have something called the Tzuras HaPesach, which is uh, a whole different story that it's a doorway. So doorway, by definition, nothing touches the ground. So we're not going there right now. Right now they wanted to have it a complete mechitza uh, to be able to carry. So let's just get a couple pictures here. So, okay, so I had that same exact question. So, um, and when I first read this Gemara before seeing Rashi, I thought it was actually saying, like, it can't be Rav Yossi because Rav Yossi doesn't hold it by Shabbos, right? That's right. What I, so I thought to say the same thing also. So then Rashi says, no, it doesn't hold like it because he is after he died already. So it does seem to be indicating that, again, the previous Gemara that we said that they don't necessarily hold like each other, it doesn't mean they can't hold like each other. It's just more like, don't assume just because Rav Yossi says it by Sukkah, he says it by Shabbos, and don't assume that he says it by Sukkah, you know, Shabbos, he says it by Sukkah. So um, I don't fully know how to answer your question. Is it mean? Is this a riot that he does hold again? Is this the, an exception that he made in the case of Shasad Chak that in generally holds of a mechitza tuya? So I didn't get that clearly. I don't know if those right after that case is like right, right after you finished yeah. saying that they did not hold like each other, and he says, "No, wait." Right. Yeah, I didn't see. Um, I didn't see Rashi talk about it. Any other question, uh, Paul and Eddie? Stan's question is, we just said it just a second ago, that Rabbi Yossi says it by Sukkah, but he doesn't say it by Shabbos, and now we're bringing a story that his son said it by Shabbos too. Um, I don't know if our school has anything, but um, let me um, oh, just... So it, 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 it starts, so, so it's, it, where it starts out with, Rashi says, Rabbi Yossi, Shabbos. They connected specifically to that. So it's, it seems like it's coming, no? Yeah, but the problem is that Rashi says it can't be Rav because he died. It should just say it can't be Rav because he doesn't hold it by Shabbos. Uh, I think that's the Rashi threw me off. Uh, Rashi's words are, Rashi says, V'im taimar, yeah. Right, I guess, oh, yeah, actually, Rashi, Rashi does say that by the V'im taimar, you're right. Rashi says, V'im taimar, kevad Rav Yossi lo savar lak Rav Yehuda You're suggesting that, but wait a second, there was a story in Sipuri. right. So, I mean, so does that make it better that maybe his son held different than him? We've seen, we've seen already cases before that sons didn't hold like their fathers. We just had a couple of that, so, so, so that could be, or, or to your point, that it was a proof that it, his son held like him, and, and, and then, 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 then it's a kasha. Don't say that, that, that uh, Let's just get this picture over here if you want to see it. Uh, is there ever a case where a son doesn't hold in a father? There are cases, yeah. I mean, well, we had a couple of days ago by um, um, Rafuna, exactly, by Rafuna. It Rafuna that held, um, right, they had the whole conversation of, you know, if you would have told us the reason, then I would have done like you, but if you didn't tell me the reason, that's why we didn't hold like you. And only when Rav Nachman came to town, what was, it, what was the case by? The case was by... All right, yeah, we had about the case of the, the four tefach boards that you, you stood him up sideways, and we had a machlekas, and Rafuna's sons didn't hold like him. 
And only after they heard from Nachman, they ended up holding him. But, the, but we see from there that they were willing not to hold, you know, he's willing not to hold like his father. So I guess maybe that could be going on over here. I mean, we do have cases of, of sons that don't necessarily follow in line with their father and everything they say. You know, does Rav Dovah find hold of every sock of his father? You know, I've seen, uh, you know, Rabbi first on occasional passing connected to Moshe, and like, every time I'm like, but, but he's your Rebbe, he's like, you know, he's like, you know, just, you know how he has some, I guess, some self-identity as well, not just purely passing everything, you know, based on his Rebbe. Um, okay, so just over here, if you wanted to see a picture, if you want to see it, it's this Bonham picture over here, where you have the, uh, I believe this is the Shul over here, the back house over there, is the um, is the house of the Saver Torah, and they had these sheets hanging over here to enable them to carry from one to the other. Robinson? Yes, sir. No issue making an Arab on Shabbos itself. It wasn't an Arab before they decided it was an Arab. So that is another good question. Um, that is a fair question. Um, you're saying because before we were willing to say that if they would have found the sheets there they would have been willing to hang them up, right? Right. Um, that is a fair question. Um, I would actually think halakhically that would be an issue, um, unless it's, it's built in a very, very temporary way that um, is almost uh, intentionally made to be removable. Because there is a halakha, you cannot make something called a mechitza materis on Shabbos. There's a whole shayla if we could even build our mechitza on Shabbos when it comes to the shul. Because any mechitza that is mechitza materis, which means a mechitza that um, has halachic ramifications, it's not so simple to build such a thing on Shabbos. So Paul's question is that we, one step earlier, we said that, oh, you know, they built it on Shabbos, which we seem to not have a problem with that halachically. We just said they, you know, it just, it's kind of random to assume there were sheets sitting there on the floor. Which is definitely a uh, fair question. Let me see if Rashi has anything in that one. So Rashi does say, does address this, and he says a mechitza like this you're allowed to make based on a gemara in Erevin, and daftzadi daladim and aleph. But uh, I did not finish Erevin, so I'm not going to look at the person in the room that did. So you know. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to look. I'll have to look it up exactly why it was allowed to be made. But the Rashi is addressing it, referencing gemara in Erevin, and daftzadi daladim. So. You didn't finish Rabbi Roman. I didn't even start. What'd you say? I said, you said I didn't finish. I didn't even start. Okay, there you go. Thank you for the chizik. Maybe I'm the bigger loser because I started and didn't finish. You know, why? Uh... <laughs> I didn't mean it. I know, of course you didn't mean it like that. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> just kidding. Okay, very good. So either that's the case we have over here, but we do have a story where there was an application of Mechitza Tzuli even by Shabbos, uh, but it was not Rabiosi himself, it was Rabiosi's son uh, in that particular case. I think Mara does start off with that question because we just made it clear that Rabiosi does not hold a Gribi Huda, then we said, but what's going on with the story in Sipuri, which we ended up saying that it wasn't Rabiosi himself, it was his son anyway because of the timeline of it. Okay. 
Says the uh, Gemara Vaita. It's a little bit more. Amar Rav Chista. Amar Avimi. Rav Chista says in the name of Avini. Machatzeles arba'a umashahu materes besuka mishum daifen. So we've spoken a little bit before about the minimal size of a wall um, width-wise, in terms of being a long enough wall. Right now we're talking about the smallest, absolute positive, smallest size of a wall, height-wise, for it to be a kosher wall for a sukkah. And along comes of Chis, the name of Avimi, he says, if you could find a wall that height-wise is just 4.1 tvachim, then you're going to have a kosher sukkah. Machatzelis just means a mat, like a, like a, that's a material. Machatzelis is like right. a mat or a reed. But Machatzelis, I'm saying, it doesn't speak out the words we're talking about height. I'm just saying, we'll see in a second. That's what's going on over here. And Machatzelis, Arba, you have a mat or some sort of wall material that is four. Machatzelis is irrelevant here. It's more just the height of it, which is four tzvachim, umashu, and a little bit. Materis besukah vishum doifen counts as a proper wall for a sukkah. So how do you make it that four point? How do you get the ten tzvachim? So it says the Gemara as follows. Hechi Ovid, how do you make that into a kosher wall? If you have to have minimally defense vachim. Talile be'emtza, you put it in the middle of the wall, you suspend it in the middle of the wall. Pachas mishloshal amata, there's less than three tzvachim to the floor, and therefore you have lovid to the bottom. Upachas mishloshal amala, and less than three tzvachim to the roof. And therefore you have ten total, because you have, th- you have 2.99 of lovid to the roof, you have 2.99 of lovid to the floor, you have uh, 4.1 uh, or, you know, even 4.03 of, of actual machatzelas, and now you have 10 tzvachim of kosher wall. Because love, we imagine, is being completely closed. Make sense? Should make sense. That's pretty straightforward. So says the Gemara, I mean, anything that's less than three is like love it. So says the Gemara, Pshita. I mean, in the end of the day, it's, it's, it sounded shocking when we first said it. But once you speak it out, it's love it. Love is pretty straightforward. So what's the Kiddush over here? So it says the Gemara, Mao detema chad lovud amrinan, amrinan, tre lovud lo amrinan. You might have thought to say, we only love it twice. We don't love it twice. We, we only love it once, sorry. We don't love it twice. Kamash Mulan, they were willing to say love it even twice. That's the Kiddush over here. That's the Kiddush over here. We're willing to do two lovuds on one wall, which is a bit of a Kiddush. At the end of the day, it's a bit of a chiddush, but we have seen people who made sukkahs that are made of slats, or people use the railing of their deck as the, as the, uh, as the, uh, as the wall of their sukkah, and there they're doing multiple lovids you know, in a row. Everything, one of those is a lovid. So again, you know, we know how we can, but it's because of this gemara that we hold that way. But before this gemara, we wouldn't necessarily know that you could do more than one lovid on one wall. And just a little bit of a background behind this, in general, we mentioned a couple times in the past that it's not so simple to combine halacha l'moshimisinais. So I'm not going to get into the details when you can and when you can't, but to go ahead and do a lovud with the Dauphin Akuma or all these other types of halacha moshe as a building a sukkah, it's not so simple to combine them. But the chiddush is that if you're using the same halacha moshe which is a lovud over here, you could do multiple lovuds on one wall, and that would not be your problem. Um, I'll pee halacha. Um, I think it's a good stopping point. I think we'll stop here, and we have other similar, I mean, the mission is very close, we have other similar cases where we start using love and other things to build the wall, and we'll get that clear tomorrow, Bez Hashem, and I'm going to look up also uh, Bli Neder, this uh, Rashi and Erevin, this Gmarn Erevin, to explain why they would have been able to hang the sheets uh, if they would have been sitting there. Have a great day. Yes. Yeti? Nice, thank you. Oh, no problem. Okay, have a great day. Building them on sukkahs or using them? Using them.